Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Football Show. This is Series 2, Episode Number 5. We are live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter. Ace Podcast Nation, of course, your home to many great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts and more. So please do give us a follow on social media. Subscribe to that YouTube channel. Click the bell for notifications. And uh, if you prefer your podcasts in audio format, uh, we are now part of the Sports Social Podcast Network, the UK's first dedicated all-sports podcast network. And uh, you can find every show that we do when we produce, uh, including the Championship Show, which we do live every Friday, the NMA Show. And, of course, later in this year, hopefully, we'll also have our non-sports podcast on there as well with the only uh, podcast network or whatever you want to call it uh or youtube channel who is allowed on there who doesn't do sports only podcasts which makes us unique but do check them out give them a follow sports social, official on instagram and sports social or the sports social on facebook and twitter give them a shout out but um this year we're also supporting the charity super six football prediction league raising money for two amazing charities we've got maggie center which is a cancer charity and the mom mental health charity which is uh, of course close to our hearts with, uh, a number of ex-footballers including a number of part of city footballers who you can uh, compete against there are also cash prizes for the league winners 
uh, myself included. I'll also be competing. We didn't have a very good week this week, unfortunately. Um, but the, uh, the, you can join still. Contact Will Melu. She's uh, he'll be in the chat today. It's also in the description, uh, Facebook group group that you can join. Uh, it's free to enter. Oh no, it's not free to enter. It's ten pound goes to charity. I think it is. And um, of course, it's free to play each week. But uh, I urge you to do it. It's a good cause and a lot of fun. Test your predictions and your football knowledge. Why not? Uh, just as we wait for the last late to join us, uh, a big thank you to Black Diamond Sports. Uh, they are a global organization who represents sports stars from around the world. For more information, you can visit their social media pages as well as their website. Links in the description and the closing credits. And today's sponsor is Bespoke Financial and Dan Ralston. Dan Ralston of Bespoke Financial is giving away a free will worth £140 with any new policy which is taken out. So please do check him out. Give him a call. Don't miss out on what is an incredible offer. He's looked after Mr Andy Campbell with various policies over the years, including the critical illness and the injury cover. They are top of their field and they provide award-winning service. We are proud to partner with such a top-class brand. But with uh, no further ado, let's get into it. First and foremost, my co-host, he is the goal collector, the fox in the box, still the king of the Millennium Stadium. Cardiff City and Middlesbrough hero, Davy Jones' favourite son, Mr Andy Campbell. How are you, mate? Good evening, yeah, absolutely over the moon. Um, I know for a fact we've got some, uh, some excited viewers. Um, one in particular, I'm looking forward to digging deep with our guest. We've got an amazing guest, by the way. This is something new and fresh, um, probably for the wrong reasons, um, because obviously what we'll find out very, very shortly. But no, super excited because uh, it's not easy to be a professional footballer. I'm going to find out uh, very shortly in the next uh, next hour or so. So yeah, we can't wait for this. Um, yes, indeed, it's good. Really looking forward to. So let's introduce the man himself. I'm very excited to welcome tonight's guest. He's a expert Wanderers, Oxford United, Bury. Shrewsbury Town, Plymouth and Mansfield Town fullback, Mr. Joe Riley. How are you, Joe? You alright, mate? Indeed, good to talk. My pleasure, Joe. Thanks for coming on, Joe. As I say, you know what I mean? It's um, um, probably not the best circumstances. I'd love you, you to come on um, when you were still playing, but I know we're going we're gonna to dig deep into that. But no, really, really pleased to come on. 100%, mate. It's, it's going to be good. Um, I just got to check, and and Joe, can you can you two hear like a crackling noise? I can a bit, yeah. Don't know where it's coming from, but um, I'm going to try and get to the I'm going to try and get to the bottom of that. Uh, and if you just want to kind of have a quick chat with Joe while I have a little look at that, That's okay, yeah, no worries. Um, Joe, obviously, something that I want you to tell um, tell tell people. Um, Obviously, we normally we start from the bottom and start up to start from, from from where it all started. But for me, I want to I want to start with the last couple of weeks. So, how's the last couple of weeks for you? Tell everybody what happened, um, and um, and basically, so how 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 you've ended up not still being a professional footballer. Yeah, I obviously did. Uh, yeah, we have Joe. You just you sounds a little bit um, a little bit weird. I don't know whether you want to just go out and come back in, mate. Um, a few people saying they can't hear you, so if you just go out of the link and come back in, you should correct yourself. 
But uh, that's the joys, Andy, unfortunately. Yeah, the joys, yeah. Um, it's, it's, normally, it's normally me, so um, yeah. I'm, quite pleased with some, I'm quite pleased with someone else. Um, no, only joking. Um, just, just on the back of what Sai said about, uh, obviously, Will and, and running this um, uh, running this fantasy fantasy league. Great idea, by the way. It was a bit more interesting games and stuff. And um, to be fair, it's always nice when you do well. I had a decent week as well, so I'm, uh, I'm quite, uh, quite smug this week. Yeah, you did well this week. I did see. I only, I only looked at yours. I didn't even bother looking um, at mine. Oh, that, that's not even care uh, well, I, I looked at Will's because I wanted to try and beat Will, so, uh, but I think I'm level with him, I think. I think. Yeah, yeah it, it's not about that. It's about the charity anyway, mate. It's not about winning. <laughs> no, hey, on Friday, on Friday, it wasn't about the charity. Oh, yeah. I don't know what you're on about. Um, don't know what you're on about, mate. Um, I'll tell you what I will, I would like to discuss quickly then, just while we wait for Joe, is um, there was a story yesterday which I sent you, mate, in Wales Online uh, regarding Cardiff City and Sol Bamba. Um, yeah. What do you think about that, mate? Uh, he basically said he found out that he was not staying at the club through Twitter. It's not a great look, is it? No, it's not. No, and um, my problem with with that story and, and and how these stories come around and 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 why why it happens the way it is 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 someone's got to take responsibility of deciding who's staying and who's not, who's not staying. And for me, that that book stops stops with the manager, um, and the manager has got to decide if he's keeping players, not keeping players, or Sol Bambas of this world, the Joe Bennett of this world. Um, and if they're not staying, just tell them out of respect. Cause I think football is not easy, you know, and, and, and to have people hanging on and to find out you're not staying at a football club via Guy Sports News or Twitter or social media uh, or back in the day in the newspaper, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't really think it's very professional and I think it's, uh, it's only fair. Out of respect of what he went through himself, by the way, personally, yeah. uh, health-wise, I think it was the only right thing to do to have a, have a grown-up conversation and tell and tell him that he wasn't getting kept on because they were going in a different direction. Because it doesn't matter why he didn't stay. The reason is he didn't stay. And I think it was only only right that they should have told him. And um, for me, that's the that's the downside of being a professional footballer that clubs think ahead and not about the players because they don't want to keep. And um, if that's a, a 16-year-old kid or a 35-year-old season pro, for me, they're both the same. They both deserve the same respect. Both professional footballers in that club, they deserve to be called the right way. Um, because, you know what I mean, you don't know how it's going to affect a person finding out that way, because if I'd have found out over social media or guys sports or however, a phone call from someone else to tell me, I'd want to find out if it was true. I'd want to mm. get in touch with the manager anyway, so it's, it's, going, to cause a, it's going to cause problems, it's going to cause a friction between a, a club, a love for a club, um, and I just think it's unnecessary, personally. I just think it's, uh, it's something it's that didn't need to happen. It's a distinct lack of respect for someone who had given a lot of good years to the club, uh, put his body on the line, and also been through, you know, a, a terrible time off the pitch. I think um, it kind of changed my view a little bit because obviously on Friday on the Championship show we talked about it, and I said, look, he wants to be closer to his family. It suits him. He want you know he wants to keep playing, but coach and work with Warnock. So it kind of I kind of I guess in my mind, made it all right that he was gone because I was disappointed that they'd let him go and he wasn't like a player coach with Cardiff. Um, and then to read that, I was so disappointed that they didn't give him, well, he didn't get the courtesy of just being told face-to-face. You know, Will, 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 makes, Will makes an interesting point. It, and, he, and he said, sounds to me like Mick McCarthy didn't want him uh, told on his coaching staff. Um, if he did or he didn't, um, that's Mick to decide and, 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 and tell him because 
coaches have their have their um, coaches have their uh, way of working. Um, they have their own coaches that they work with very closely, uh, and he's obviously worked with Terry very closely for a number of years, which um, which is absolutely fantastic. But you know what I mean? For me, football's evolved. And I'm not saying he's, he's not very good at what he does. He's an excellent manager. And Terry's an excellent coach, by the way. Uh, I just think sometimes it's, it's, it's good to evolve and have some fresh ideas. And Sol knows the club. He knows the players inside out. And I think it would have been, for me, very beneficial to have him on the coaching staff because I think the fans would have adored him. It would have given Mick and me a little bit more time if things went sour. Um, but... You know what I mean? I think with with things like this, it's, it's putting him under pressure a little bit. Yeah, I think it does. It definitely creates an issue, whereas obviously previous to that, everyone was just happy to be back in stadiums and stuff like this. Now, it's, it's put a bit of a negative uh, feeling in it because I think people were kind of all right with him going, They similar to what I did, and like they talked themselves around into it. Of course, most people wanted him to stay on in some capacity, but they, like I say, you kind of justify it, I guess, in your own in your own way as a fan. But it definitely left a bit of a sour taste in uh, the mouth, and I saw quite a few Cardiff fans on Twitter, which Twitter is not always the best barometer of how the feeling is. But I did see several Cardiff fans kind of listing off some of the off the thing off the field things that Cardiff have done over the last four, five or six years. And uh, it's not a great reading of list on paper. Like, and obviously one of the things is not paying for Emiliano Sala, which of course we've talked to Mehmet Dalman directly to on a couple of occasions. But on paper, when you write it down, it doesn't look great. This is another one of those things. And what, what Cardiff have to do is keep performing on the pitch so yeah. that the fans don't focus on this too much. Like, I totally agree, but then, but then I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite fortunate here because uh, from uh, from Cardiff City's uh, misfortune, um, Middlesbrough have got themselves uh, an absolute gem. And, and I'm, not, I'm not talking about Sol Bamba the player now, by the way. I'm talking about uh, Sol Bamba the person, Sol Bamba the experienced player, and Sol Bamba the potential person who is going to push those young players to another level um, against Blackpool. Middlesbrough were diabolical, by the way. You know, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pull any punches here. Sol Bamba played one of the worst performances alongside some of these, these young kids I've, I've seen for a long time. However, the experience he's going to push on to um, Nathan Wood and the experience he's going to put on, push on to um, Jed Spence and Dice Keel and all these kind of all these kind of players, you know what I mean? That Joel tell you, playing alongside some experienced players as a young player is so beneficial. It's scary, and Sol will um, pass it on in abundance. You know what I mean? He'll be he'll be super important for the way that Middlesbrough are pushing on the season. So Cardiff City's failure in in keeping somebody and 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 pushing them to another level, coaching wise, is Middlesbrough's game for me because I I fully expected Salt to retire. I fully expected him to be on my TV for, for Sky Games. We every every Friday, very Saturday, very, very good pundit. Because he is he was he was absolutely Rolls Royce for me. He looked the part. He, he had his shiny head. He had his smile on his face. He was absolutely amazing, and I, I just love watching him. Yeah, he, he just he just oozed class. But for me. I've got I've got win win now because he's uh, he's wearing the he's wearing the red red shirt middle just on uh, place. Indeed, mate. Indeed. Uh, right then, Joe. How we sounding, mate? Yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry. Hey, sorry. Don't worry. Nice hey, Joe, just just just, again, just, um, just just so you know, mate. Normally it's me who has all the issues, so everyone's quite surprised it isn't me anymore. So I'm uh, I'm touching wood, by the way, as I say this. So quite 
quite happy. Quite happy. So, um, so Joe, what we're going to do is let, let let the viewers get a bit of a feel for you and your tastes. And uh, we're going to throw the uh, the magnificent seven at you, which is seven quick fire questions, um, mostly on football, a couple of other little things, nothing too strenuous. But uh, there might be a grenade in there or two. You, you never know. Depends if I was in a good good mood when I was writing it. Really, it's just, uh, you should be all right. You should be all right. Let's have a go. It is rare that I'm in a good mood. In fairness, but we go. Let's see. Okay, Joe Riley, the magnificent seven. Uh, always nice and easy to start. Messi or Ronaldo? Um, I should say Ronaldo being a, a United fan, but no, uh, Messi for me all day. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Favourite TV show? I'm going to get a load of stick for this, but at the minute it's Love Island. I can't get enough of it. Yeah. You're right, like you are going to get loads of stick for this. I'm rightly so, by the way. I'm rightly so. To be fair, I'm a sucker for Love Island. I love it. I look forward to it. <laughs> I like the honesty. I like the honesty, though, because you could have you could have easily hidden behind the non-answer. Easily, easily. I like it. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it must be. It must be. It must be an age thing, I reckon. And I do think it must be a, like a young man. I, like... I just, I just love cheesy TV. I love that kind of stuff, mate. I just kind of like. I don't know. Yeah, well, do you know what, Joe? Like, I, 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 I know, I know where you are. You know, when um, I think it was probably the area, but when Georgie Shaw was on, I used to, I, I couldn't get away from it. Every time it was on, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be recording it and watching it over and over. I just couldn't. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't mind a bit of trash. I don't mind a bit. I uh, see. See, for me as a Welshman, right? Right. Whenever they put Welsh people on TV to like interview them or put them on TV, they put like the stupidest, cringiest people they can find. And I just feel like I cannot watch it any further because of it. Um, okay. Uh, most hostile ground or atmosphere you've ever played a game of football in, Joe? Um, off the top of my head, I think I'm a Luton once. I didn't hate it. I had a bit of beast. So yeah. It was just it, not great. It, it felt like different answer. Different, different answer, isn't it? Like, different answer because we obviously we support. Uh, a lot of people about the Millwalls of this world, but I, I know what Joe's talking about about Kenilworth Road. The Kenilworth Road's a ground which all everyone's on top of you, and um, it, it's it's like you can't really get away from the sports there. It's especially playing, I'm guessing Joe played at fullback that day as well. That getting the throwing and things, and you can get that you can hear every comment which is there, which is not nice at times, by the way. Uh, uh, angry. I remember that one. I just remember like saying, "Build the view up." Uh, <laughs> angriest teammate. Uh, there was a guy, guy I played with called Gary Deegan, and he was like, like normally in pre-season, no one, no one flies in the tackles, and honestly, God, this guy he was just—he was a good, he was a really, he was a really nice lad, but honestly, in pre-season, the ground was rock hard, and he was just flying into everyone, and he was like, you know, it's pre-season, mate, you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, got me <laughs> uh, so the next question was Shrewsbury or Bury, but I just saw that Rye asked uh, Shrewsbury or Plymouth, so I'm going to turn it into Shrewsbury, Bury, or oh, yeah. Plymouth. Vicious, vicious. That is a tough, 
question. Um, I have I have a good relationship with the fans. Most of the fans, I think, I've, obviously, I think Plymouth's the biggest club out of the three. There's no denying that. Um, and yeah, Plymouth's fans are just the the mileage and the way they travel in numbers is unbelievable. To be fair, so because Ryan's asked the question, I'll say Plymouth. Sorry, I do, I do know though about what um, what George just said there about uh, about Plymouth fans, and I, and I don't know if it's because there's not many teams around that area, um, in order for it to go and you know what I mean. Like you look at any of the club, London have got loads of teams, the North East got a few teams, Manchester's got a host of clubs, Liverpool's got a host of clubs, well, Tranmere's, Liverpool's, Everton, etc. Around there, there's just not many teams to, to go and watch the support. So you know what I mean. They're a huge club. If they can just get to the level, they need to get up. That club needs. A huge division for them to showcase their talent. And then we've got yeah. uh, funny, your funniest teammate you've ever played with, uh, Joe. Um, funniest. Well, that's a tricky one as well. Um, I'm probably going to go for a guy who played with called Louis Dodds. Was at Port for years. Um, yeah. And then. I- Shrewsbury, but he was just so quick witted, like everything just rolled off the top of Dodsey. He was just, yeah, he was so like people, he, he was a different type, you have a different type of people in the dressing room. I played with a guy called Adam Alabd, who um, like, I could just laugh at him all day. He's, he's not meaning to be funny, but just one of them characters that I could just sit and watch and just laugh at. Mm-hmm. He was like, just, just a great, just a great, great guy, but honestly, he was like. Some of the stuff that used to come out of mouth at times just used to make me. They're always the funniest people, though. They're the ones who don't You need those kind of people, side as well, though. You know what yeah. I mean? Because, uh, you know I mean? You just named the clubs there, what, what, what George Playport and start. Uh, a lot of travelling involved in all those clubs. Plymouth, just, just to name one, that, you know what I mean? When you've got those kind of players in the dressing room and on the bus, you know what I mean? The journey goes quicker. You know what I mean? There's so much lightheartedness, even after a defeat or before a game. It's just, you need those kind of players, and I don't think. I look at changing rooms now and I, and I see clubs and games and I don't see any, I don't see much fun. I see some clubs look like they have loads of fun and they're really enjoying it and it's, and it's, it looks dead easy. Where some clubs look so serious, it's quite scary really, which, yeah, which saddens me because football, football's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yes, indeed. And then uh, the final question is, um, I'm just going to wait a second because I don't know if Joe's frozen. He might have well frozen, I think. Um, he'll be back in a minute for his uh, for the final question. Not, not, I've got no uh, no doubt about that. But um, uh, Donna's question here is like, uh, yeah. uh, do you play golf? And why do so many footballers play golf in the free time? We'll ask that question to Joe because I know Joe's just been playing golf, so we can ask him that. Yeah, I hate golf, by the way. I hate yeah. it. I've never, I've never, I played once, and I was so bad. I ended up getting. Um, I played in the charity game. Um, where a, 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 a current player or ex-player who goes around with all these all these people, and I had somebody with me who could play and I couldn't play. And he, he, he stood behind me, holding the holding the stick behind me at the same time. Oh, I was so patronising. <laughs> so I just thought, you know, this isn't me. This I, I, I like any sport. I don't mind the golf, as in the, the banter and the walking around and the, the socialising after and with the, with the drink. But yeah, I can't do uh, yeah, that. Golf. Golf. Yeah, golf. Golf. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a new. Um, there's a there's a, a course near me. Um, it's mm. dope. Um, it's nine holes and it's, oh, it's fantastic. You know what I mean? The, the the idea of it to get people 
out there active and playing and, and the competitiveness, you know what I mean? I think it's just uh, it's superb. And uh, for me, fuck golf all day long, you know what I mean? I couldn't be bothered with a stick. Or crazy golf. Yeah, crazy golf. Have a go with that, mate. Have a go with that. My my um, my youngest has done fuck golf a couple of times. He loves it. He uh, he really enjoyed it. It's uh, it's just one of them things. Mate, I wish that was there. I wish that was there when I was younger, though. I, I, I really do because I think it would. I think it would have kept a lot of people out of trouble. I think it, it it gets you outside and you know what I mean. Instead of just hanging around places, I think it it would be like it's not it's not it's not expensive as well. I think it's really quite reasonable, especially where we live. Mm. 100% mate. Um, uh, there's a question which I can do, I suppose. Uh, so Gaz says, what's happening with the live show? Um, so, I what I can tell you. I think he needs these, the, the live one. So basically, um, ever like a rough plan in place. Um, however, I'm holding off, putting it into paper um, for some some personal reasons which i might have to just hold it off for a while so it is we have got a loose plan for it and i'm um, hoping there's going to be in november but we're gonna to have to wait and see i'm afraid but as soon as we know for definite we will release the details on that you'll be the first to know after andy and Kev, <laughs> basically um but i just had to press pause on it for for the minute but uh, it will it will happen 100 will happen uh, it's just where I was hoping to do it in November for the weekend of my 40th birthday and kind of correlate the two together. I'm not, I'm still hoping to do that, but not 100% it was gonna happen just because of stuff, which, you know, whatever. Right, uh, Joe, sorry, no, sorry, sorry, mate. We looks like we have a battle with technology, but it's all good, mate. It's uh, it's all good. It was weird Sorry, because I paid, I paid my bill as well. I got really <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was weird. Really, you know what? You got in there. You got in there before someone in the group chat got in there because I'm Hawkins. I'm Hawkins. I'm literally it's like a minute away. She said the race is down, so I don't know. Do you get some around there? I'm not sure. Uh, it could be blaming that. It was weird though because it was crystal clear, and then all of a sudden no, you kind of just went. So I might just mm. if it starts going crappy, I just have to leave and then come back. Yes, it's all good, mate. Right, so the last question on the Magnificent Seven uh, is, and I love this question, I've adapted it especially for you, um, especially because it's my second favourite city in the world. But um, the question is, it doesn't have to be football related, but uh, in your opinion, who is the greatest mank that's ever lived? A good question. It's no lolly, isn't it? It's not uh, Good answer. Yeah, but which Good one? Answer. Which one? Yeah, yeah. You've got to pick. Sitting on, the, sitting on the fence. I'll go. You lost it. Yeah. Yeah. All the along. Yeah, here we have it. Yeah, I like it. Still relatable. Still relatable now as well, I think. Yeah, a lot of things. Do you think they'll get back together, Joe? The hard hitting questions. Open. I've never seen them live, so. Oh my god, I feel so old. If I've got to put the house for sale and watch them. Watch them live to buy a ticket. I will do. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Mate. I had um, so growing up, I was like a mad Stone Roses fan, but I was like um, just too young to be able to go and see them live before they broke up. Yeah. And then literally, um, like I went to see Ian Brown a number of times, loved it, but it was never obviously watching the Stone Roses. They got back together. I was like, oh my god, dream come true. 
had a ticket to go and see him in um, Heaton Park. Um, my brother got me these tickets. We were going. I was, it was like the the dream for me. Like it was literally the dream. And then uh, I had obviously I got some health problems and whatever, and I and I wasn't able to go, and I missed it. And then they pretty much have stopped doing gigs again since where I would have been able to go nightmare mid. Oh, yeah. But anyway. To be fair, I'm a massive Ian Brown fan as well. So, yeah. To be fair, Ian Brown's Brown's a Man United fan as well. I shouldn't have picked it. Yeah, that's it. uh, So, if you had to pick, if you had to pick between Ian Brown and Liam Gallagher, who are you picking? No, Liam Gallagher for me. Even though he's a blue nose and I'm a United fan, so yeah, Liam Gallagher a massive race as well. See that? See, I'll, I'll, I'll respect that. I think that. I think that's. A, I think that's the right answer. I think. I think you would have been. Um, yeah, head over heart there. I know. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, I like that. Hundred percent. Yeah, I like that. Uh, right, you, let's get you, were, you, you, were, you were gonna. You were gonna. You were gonna try and change him there, weren't just because the United link. No, no. I feel, no, no, I feel, I like, I feel I, a little I'm bit. I feel, I, feel it, I feel this is gonna be. Uh, it's going to be like a bit, a bit, a bit of a United bullying, bullying session soon. Oh, you're going to love Tell Me Why now. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> so um, let's move into Tell Me Why. Uh, it's going to be good. I predicted, so, uh, I predicted it. I probably predicted a little bit of it. I've got two questions. And uh, as the guest, Joe, you get to decide whether you would like to go first or second in answering the questions. And then you've got 60 seconds to speak. Okay, I'll, I'll go first. Go first, right? So the first question or subject is: uh, Barcelona president today announced that Barcelona are in debt at one point one five billion pounds. Uh, what do you think the future holds for the club? Like, I would assume they're going to have to sell some players, but um, just talk about that as a an overall situation, I guess. And um, your sixty seconds starts now. Um. It's a tough one, obviously. Um, but Barcelona will come up with something, whether they stay in the stadium and obviously have to rent it back or something like that. They'll always play, uh, hung up something. Obviously, this is the reason why Messi isn't staying now, which is a massive disappointment. You know, I think every football fan out there would want Messi to finish career, his career at, um, at Barcelona. It'd be, it'd be worth seeing him in a PSG shirt. But yeah, like you said, in terms of probably selling players as well. We have to recoup some of the money uh, for the players that they've got. I'm not really sure whether they've got many sellable assets anymore, have they? Um, they could have probably done with selling Messi really when he was in contract. Probably would have made about 100 million for him, wouldn't they? So he messed up a little bit there by letting his contract run down. And, and yeah, that, I'm sure they'll come up with something. Powers that they get that probably will always have some up the sleeve to try and. To get the money back, uh, that's yeah. your sixty seconds there, mate. But um, oh, you're right. It's it's a it's a uh, it's a breathtaking amount of debt, and then like one point one million is uh, incredible. Uh, Andy Campbell, your sixty seconds starts now, mate. Um, I watched him last night against uh, Real Sociedad. Um, you think that, that nothing had really changed apart from obviously the, the magician not being there and playing. Um, listen. Probably Ped, is it Pedri, um, the young midfielder? Uh, it's probably the, the most sellable asset to try and get some money. But is he going to recoup the kind of money what they need? Is it no? You know what I mean? Even if they're selling for £100 million, it's not going to get the money what they need. So for me, they've got to look at another avenue if that's, um, if that's franchising. 
the club somehow, the ground, the shirt sales, they've got to try and recoup, recoup that money because they obviously tried to um, join the Super League uh, and that was their long-term vision, their long-term plan to gain all this money back through the Super League. And now that's not going to happen by the looks of it. That, um, for me, I'm really worried for them because if that was in England, they probably wouldn't be able to cope with the debt and they would have probably have to, um, to go bankrupt because they wouldn't be able to, to, to pay the money off depending on who they owe the money to. Are people going to write that money off? Are they going to go in administration? What will administration mean to a Spanish club? Just 60 seconds, mate. Yeah, listen, I, I, I feel for them. I really do. But, you know, I mean, you, you, you're obviously looking at, and we're on about, and we talk about FIFA Fair Play, we talk about Derby County in England, we talk about all the Premier League clubs, we talk, we're on about clubs that we support. You know what I mean? You used to support United, you're on about other clubs who, who've done the right thing for years, and, and, and I just, I, there's a reason why they're in so much debt. You know what I mean? And, and, and they've never What's really, this? they've never really um, sold any players, they've been a buying club for years, they've, they've spent a lot on wages. Um, I agree with Joe. They had, they had opportunities in the last few years to uh, to sell players. And well, they signed they when they signed Griezmann, they didn't really need him, did they? Because they had Suarez and and uh, Messi and such. And you're right, they haven't really got rid of a lot of players. But I think I touched on it on Friday. I do feel they're in this position because they their man Madrid didn't want to hang over hand over European dominance to the Premier League teams. So they they just signed players for ridiculous money, like Dembele and Coutinho and these different players. But like I'm just looking at their current squad and who they could, you know, get some good money for. And really you've got like the Pai, Griezmann, Coutinho, Dembele, Aguero, uh, PK, Aguero, and they got that young lad, uh Fati or Fati, Pedri. And then I have Frankie de Jong, maybe, uh, maybe Titi at the back. I'm not sure how much they'd get for someone like Busquets, who's come to the end of his career. And then outside of that, mate, they are kind of, there's no names where you think, well, yeah, they could get like 80 million for them or 100 million for them. Well, let's, um, be, let's be honest, I enjoy it. If Barcelona sold every one of those players, they wouldn't even catch that. That's the, that, that, that's the point. That's the point. So what's the point? Because they're going to be left with no players. They're going to be left with nothing to build to build the football club and the foundations from. So for me, they've got to they've got to look at another option. And I don't know what that other option is. And now that how they find that option, there's there's billionaires in the world. Is somebody mm-hmm. going to pick them over and push them onto another level? Because how do you how do you push Barcelona onto another level? You can, I don't I don't think you can. I don't think you can. That's debt as well, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's not like they're buying a share mm-hmm. in the club, that's actually debt that the club owes, so how they get in a position like that, I'll never know. And if someone, yeah. like Charles just said, they say, if someone, someone comes in to buy them, that person's got to clear the debt. So then they need, they need, they need £1.5 billion to clear the debt and push the, money, push the club forward. Right? No one in the, right, in the right mind is going to put that kind of money into the football club. It's just dead money straight away. So how the letter get that far, how the Spanish FA um, have let that better get that far is, is beyond me. By the way, I don't think Madrid are in much better shape. You've got to be honest. I oh, no, I totally agree. They haven't said it. Um, what do you think of this, Will Melius? Just before we go to the next question, um, he says, uh, "I think uh, the transfer window has ruined football finances. With such a limited uh, time to sign players, it's made clubs desperate, and they pushed the boat out too far. And I think it's hiked prices up as well. But do you think that's had an impact on it?" Or do you think it's just wages and everything which has come with 
price of Champions League success? I think I think it has an impact because they've, they've paid over the odds to people, um, and because they've paid over the odds to people, they've they've not sold players on when they should have. They've let contracts run out, like Suarez's, the, the Messi's, and and they've caused their own problems. But but then you've got wages on top of it. You've got sign on fees. You look at the kind of contract that Messi was going to sign if he if if they, if they continue with the finances the way they are. Twenty five million pound a year, twenty five million pound sign on fee. That, that all adds up, by the way, and that's every that's potentially every couple of years. So. That, there's a reason why they're in debt because they're, they're, they're paying that kind of money and it's just listen in order to get the best players but then if you had a wage cap or financial fair play which meant that you can't spend what you don't have then you've got to get the money in to generate to, to spend the money and for me that's the only way to, to do it fairly and, and then it stops these billionaire owners trying to ruin football yeah 100% mate right next question for yeah, tell me why go on Joe go on Joe They're obviously trying to keep up with the Premier League because we all know that the Premier League's got, got the most money and you know that they're probably trying to compete with your cities, your PSGs, where they're out they're out of the league really in terms of in terms of money. So you have to feel sorry for them. Like you just they're just in they're just in another league now, unfortunately. Real Madrid and Barcelona when it comes to competing with with clubs like what we have over here. I totally agree, and you've all, and you've got your got your TV rights as well. You know that I know I spoke about it on Friday about Gary Lineker joining um, La Liga and doing the games with Steve McManaman. You know, I mean they've got they've got some very good funding joining their joining their TV network, but they haven't got the players to talk about. So it's, for me, it's it's catch twenty two. They need to speculate, speculate, to accumulate, and Real Madrid obviously both both won at the weekend, which is great for the football clubs. But uh, long term, I think it's gonna have a, it's gonna have a huge impact on them in Europe. Because the their own their own the one domestically is going to look after itself regardless. But it's, it's Europe where they're going to where they're going to really struggle because you won't be scared to go to the Bernabeu. You won't be scared to go to um, the New Cup anymore. There's going to be no fear anymore. I'm not. Okay, so um, the second question, Joe, for uh, tell me why is uh, should Manchester United sell Paul Pogba and hopefully. Uh, should they sell Paul Pogba, or should they not sell him? Hopefully, win trophies this year, convince him to stay, or should they cash in before he can talk to other clubs in January? Uh, and your sixty seconds starts now, mate. It's, again, it's, it's a tough one, but um, it depends what what clubs are willing to pay. I mean, if, if clubs are willing to make pay 30 million quid you may as well just keep him um, you know clubs clubs like PSG and Real Madrid are going to go and spend 80 million players on a free next year they're not they're not stupid enough to do that so listen if it's for if you're talking 30 40 million pounds you're probably better off keeping hold of the player and, and like you say letting him run the contract down I think United have been a bit naive and stupid really letting, letting it get this far Probably this time last year was the time to cash in. He knew that he was never going to sign the contract at the club. That's been clear to see. So I think, yeah, just keep him. I think you know you've you've got a fantastic player there, and you're not going to get, uh, like you say, fantastic money for him at this moment in time. Let's look at that. Do you know what, Joe? You're the first guest to hit bang on sixty seconds. <laughs> Absolute bang on. That was. Um, do you know what? I agree with you, Joe. Because... 
yeah. Was it the delay that slightly helped you just uh, finish? I don't know. That's interesting. I do agree with you, though, on Pogba. I think the thing with it is, like you say, they're not going to get any money from him now, really, or what they should. And I also think if they were to win any trophies this year, like the big trophies, I actually think he might consider staying because I think one of his big frustrations has been the players alongside him. Uh, and they've kind of addressed that in the last couple of seasons. So it'll be interesting. But uh, Andy, your 60 seconds starts now, my friend. Um, would I sell him on current, current form after this, probably the summer he had for France, which I thought he was very good. Um, on Saturday, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Um, with them bringing in um, Varane, for me, there's a reason why they brought him in, I believe, to play alongside him and to keep him there and to keep him happy. Why would you want to leave? You know, I mean, that's, that, that, that's we got to weigh up. You've got, you've got to weigh up the pros and the cons. Um, finances, what's the point? He's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. You know what I mean? Has he got chances to, to, to win trophies at United? Yes, he has. He's put them, he can put them back on the map. He's playing with some world-class players. He's playing with some exceptional young talent. And the fans adore him. The club adores him. So for me, I don't think there's any reason why he should go anywhere else. I think, um, I think he's got to give back to the club um, performances after the way that his agent's been over the last couple of seasons, because I think it's a little bit disrespectful um, to the supporters. But for me, just just give a little bit back and um, and hopefully they can uh, agree he's a new deal. He's 60, mate. Just, uh, he should stay for me, though, and I think he should sign a new deal. I, I just think it's disrespectful for the fans in a way that if he, um, if he lets things rumble on and it affects... Because, listen, if he can talk to a club in January and the big Champions League game or they get knocked out and, and he's... We've been there before, you know what I mean? So everyone's expecting Here's a question on that, though. Let's be honest. His agent is talking to those football clubs already. So does it make a difference? It doesn't have an effect in talking to them. It's when it comes public. He can sign a contract, a pre-contract, can January the 1st. Yeah, January the 1st he can sign, yeah. But like, will that ever go public? There's not many players nowadays who... Joe tell you who would go public with it because you know I mean you've got you've got six months left at your club and if things don't go well on the pitch it looks like you don't care you know what I mean there's, there's players who, who sign them and keep them very quiet um, and there's, there's there's agreements to keep them quiet I just think he's the kind of player who listen you can only you can only judge him on, on how he's playing and on Saturday he had three assists for, for one player um, he looked like he's, he's having the, the time of his life playing football for, for the biggest club in the world fans are back what more is there for to do? You know, I, for me, I, I just think he just needs to understand that the grass isn't always greener as well. You know, what I mean, once you go back to France, then you're going there for money. You're not going there for any other reason. You know what I mean? Unless his desire is to go and play for a Marseille or a Paris Saint-Germain, I'd, I'd have more respect for me as a, as a footballer if he went and go and play for Leon, Nantes, and someone else. Because then I'd realise that he's gone back to play for the club that he, he supports. Yeah. As a, as a, like to me. To me, mate, look, he gets paid and has earned so much money in football. If he genuinely cares for Manchester United and the fans, as like he says, he would sign a two-year deal with like an agreement with the manager or the club that if he wants to go at the end of the season, they'll sell him and they'll get some money for him. So, like, if you've got like, if it was me and and it was Cardiff and I was him. I wouldn't want to leave Cardiff on a free and stitch them up if they wanted to keep me. Do you, do you know what I mean? I know it's a business, but we're talking like... Go on, Joe. 
he's, he's, he's obviously he doesn't he doesn't show any loyalty towards United. You know I mean, he's a, to let your agent come out and do that much talking in the last recent years. It shows that he doesn't give a care, does he? You know what I mean? Um, I think he feels hard done by by the United fans. I think he feels that he's been hung out to dry many times by 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 the fans. But literally, I think everyone knows he wants to leave the club. Stupid if you, if you think he wants to stay. To be honest. But I think it's timing as well, doing it. You know that as a United fan, you know what I mean. It's timing and things. You know what I mean. It's like it's like all of a sudden people. He just flicks the switch that he says he wants to leave at the time when they get knocked out of the Champions League, and it just looks so disrespectful to every United fan around the world. It's just sometimes just keep quiet and then play well and say it straight after. You know what I mean? After the, after the game on Saturday, sets three goals up and say it straight away. I just think it's timing everything. Yeah, I, I think you know he always always seems to do well in a fan shirt. I think. Sometimes I do question where he's played. I think you know he's not he's not left in the front three. I think to get the best out of him, you have to play him in the middle of the park and just let him do his thing. But he's, sometimes he's let he's let him down defensively, I suppose. But listen, I, I just think he's 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 made to play for Real Madrid. Isn't he? I think that's been pretty clear to see. Every time he's linked with the club, it seems to be Real Madrid. So that's probably where he's going to end up. It's probably what he's waiting for. I think, isn't it? Is that he's um. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things. Um, here's a question, uh, which Reese has just put in, just to finish off on this subject. Uh, and he says, uh, "Why are uh, why are people um, so critical of Pogba when Harry Kane didn't turn up, didn't turn out, didn't turn up for training? He wants out. Didn't feature for Spurs at the weekend. He was also the only England player who played in the Euros who didn't." Uh, wasn't in the squads, didn't make it on the pitch. Is it like it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Pogba does seem to be one of those players that people seem to jump on quickly, and rightly so, I think. In some, in you know, in some uh, some cases. I, listen, I, on 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 that point with Harry Kane, Pogba's had a longer summer than Harry Kane. You not got knocked out of the Euros. He's had an extra couple of weeks on holiday, so he came back to training earlier. Harry's obviously had his. Um, coronavirus test back or had to isolate so he missed I think he's only been back five or six days for training so the manager decided he wasn't available for selection which is his choice back by a little bit at the weekend with um, with Son scoring and, um, and and Man City losing to Spurs it, it makes Harry maybe look a little bit more more silly and unprofessional but listen whoever he plays for this season in the after the window um, he'll get a, a, a top quality striker but for me Talking about loyalty here, and for me, I think um, I'd love to see him keep the white shirt on. I suppose. What do you think of Harry Kane, Joe? It's, it's a tricky one because if, you know, obviously, he's, he could go on and be like Shearer has been at Newcastle. Couldn't he? he could be, you know, an absolute legend and have a statue built outside the ground. But he it seems to me like he always talks about winning trophies, and you can't. Deny a player going to want to sign for a city or Chelsea, someone that's going to compete for the Champions League and, and Premier League. So I think he's he's obviously being advised, being told to stay away from training by his by his agent or the people that represent him. Um, whether it's the right or wrong decision, that that is entirely up to them. I think you know there's ways and means of doing things, um, and it seems to me like he's obviously trying to force a move. Yeah, 
I totally, totally, totally agree with you. I totally agree. Um, right, moving on, Joe. I think it's uh, it's only fitting now that we uh, that we dig deep into you. Um, as they normally, um, we, we, we go back to front. But I think there's only one place to start is uh, is is the current situation. Um, obviously, if the viewers aren't aren't aware, obviously you unfortunately had to retire from football. Can you tell people a little bit of background of how that came around and, and obviously what you're up to now? Obviously, keep yourself busy. Um, yes, yeah, so August the first last year we was uh, in pre season and I've I've was you know training well. Obviously, tough session in pre-season. Uh, the ground was quite hard. I've gone to like uh, stop in training, and my knee gave way on me. Um, I felt like a pop in my knee. All the lads around me started going off. Oh, that's not right. And obviously, I was in a, was in a lot of pain. So I found out I didn't have uh, anterior cruciate ligament. When I had the scan, I found out I'd also torn some of my lateral cartilage as well. Uh, so quite a big operation. I did. The same on my left knee when I was 21, so I've obviously experienced it and I knew the feeling and knew straight away to be honest when I did it. Um, yeah, just had the operation, everything was going okay I suppose, until about six months in when um, I started to notice this kind of clunking sound in my knee. Um, and yeah, I went to, went to run, didn't feel good running, um, had a scan. Found out I had a lumpus scar tissue in, in my knee and also tore my lateral cartilage again. Um, had another operation, had an injection before the operation, two injections after the operation. Uh, tried it again and then literally uh, was in was in too much pain to to carry on. Uh, obviously, this is we're talking three four months ago now. I didn't really know what to do was it was with a really really good physio to be fair at Mansfield Tom Tom Whittemore um, we went back and seen the surgeon and the surgeon just said I don't think there's anything more I can do for you um, you obviously you've had two major surgeries on your knee having a third wouldn't make it any better having another injection won't make it any better so I just feel as though there's nothing more we can do it's rather your knee gets better or or the way it's feeling now is is that you're gonna to have to retire and yeah, had to obviously had to make a decision to to retire on on, on what he said as well, uh, which is bitterly disappointing. It's not nice at twenty nine to be told you've gonna to have to retire, there's nothing more that we can do for you. Uh, and yeah, since then I've 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 been lucky, really. I've had a, a really good agent who's looked after me in the last seven or eight years, and he said to me, "Listen, if if you do have to retire, then then you can come help me out and do a little bit of work with me, which I'm I'm doing at the moment and quite enjoying it." It's funny, you know, that you're um that the, the things you've said so many synergies with, with with myself that you remember the date of the injury, you remember what the ground was like, you remember exactly that it like it was yesterday. You know what I mean, and it's so scary that same as me when I ruptured my Achilles. I remember the day, the time, who I was playing. Um, I, like it was yesterday. I remember the crowd. I remember my reaction, everyone else's reaction, and it's it's so scary though because you take yourself back and you wonder if there was anything different that you could have done in order to not have that yeah. moment again. You know what I mean? That could things could could I, could I not have ran for the ball? Could I have? Did I have to do what I did? Could I could I just turn the other way? Yeah, you, you ask so many questions, and the answers never. 
Never, never the answer. You never come around the answer that you need. I've actually got it on video and um, I've watched it about 20 times and told myself, could I not just, I've gone to like first past the player, I've thought, could I not just play it simple? Could I, could I not have worn them boots? Could I have, you know, could I have just turned in another way like you were saying? It's just, but it's one of them things I've, I've been unfortunate really. I've, I've, I've had quite a career where I've been struck a little bit about looking. Uh, I had, you know, one or two real serious injuries, like like I said before, I had an anterior cruciate ligament when I was 21 as well. So, to have one in your career is, is very uncommon. To have two is, is even more uncommon. I'm, I'm just one of your lucky ones, I suppose. No, I totally agree. And and, and, and that feeling, being told by the surgeon, because, you know what I mean, to, to, to tell the, the viewers that, you know what I mean, I've, I've had that news and it's, it's probably the most, I can probably relate it to something on terms of, I've been told that, 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 that someone someone's died because, you know what I mean, when I got told that I couldn't play football professionally again, someone died inside of me that day, you know what I mean, and I remember it like it was yesterday, I was stood with a physio, I looked at him, he looked at me and we didn't speak, and um, one thing I regret that day is driving myself to, 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 to the hospital because having to drive back an hour and a half, two hours to, back to Middlesbrough was, was really tough, you know what I mean, because having to think about those words over and over and over again for an hour and a half to two hours just to be told in my, in my own words that they're never going to play football again. It was tough and it was hard to take. And um, I don't think any player um, ever gets himself ready for that moment and those words. And, and for me, I don't think clubs do enough. I don't think the PFA do enough to, to get people ready for that moment because that could be ability. It could be injury like it has been for a lot of, a lot of players. It could just be for, for any other reason. Um, and I just think players need to be aware um, that, that that's around the corner because every training session could be a last, every game could be a last, every tackle could be a last, every shot could be a last shot, every goal could be a last goal. And I just think players need to be players need to understand this. And I think for me, I'm a big advocate for for ex players to go around to, to speak to players and help them with this kind of advice because for me, I, I, I think if they hear players who've been there wore the t-shirt can can advise and give that kind of guidance. It can only be a good thing for me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like like you say, I've, I've, I've I tried everything. I mean, it was it was it was, well, how long was it? It was like ten months I'd done the rehab for, and like I said, the physio was brilliant. I couldn't have tried anything more. It's just I'm just one of the unfortunate ones. I I ended up having four injections and two major surgeries on my knee, so. It's not for the lack of trying. It's it's just it's something that's just happened. You know, I think towards the end of the rehab, I did start losing a bit of hope with it because I knew how 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 painful it was when I was trying to run. Um, and I remember, yeah, literally it running, coming home, and it's swelling, and then thinking, oh god, why is it swollen again? And then trying it again. Next time I went in and seen him, and it ballooned up again, and it, I, I was in too much pain to be honest when I run it off. To be honest with you, I've, I've not ran since, uh, as you can tell, I've got a bit of timber on. So, yeah, it's um, it's, it's like you say, Andy, it's, it's a real, real difficult one. I mean, I, if I had any advice to speak to people, it'd just be always have, always have a plan, always have a plan B, always do something on the side, which if you do end up falling out of football, moving League 1, League 2, it's quite easily done. So, if you do fall out of football, you can fall into something. Um, I I never really did anything. I was just someone who's 
always focused on football. But like you say, I've got I've got I have a good person around me in, in the in my agent who I work with, and, and luckily enough, he's he's helped me out on, on this side of it. Which is uh, which is obviously really important. Comes to uh, I know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about Ryan, uh, and obviously uh, I'm sure Ryan Ryan is gonna come up very shortly. But um, John asked a, a good question earlier on, um, whilst uh, connections weren't great about um, about golf, and I know you've been doing playing golf today, so. Um, a question is there about can you do any exercise or just or just golf now? And my question to add on to that is, how would you feel after playing golf? Obviously, with the with the way that you play golf and your swing, does that have an effect on the injury or does it take its toll after or a couple of days after? Yeah, I mean, I, I, can, I can to be honest, I can only play like once every couple of weeks at the minute because, like I say, it's, it's still quite swollen my knee. Um, after golf, it does it does swell up so. That isn't always great, but I mean, I'm not totally just not doing anything in life just so my knee doesn't swell or I'm not in pain with it. I've got to kind of get on with it now. It is what it is. Um, I wouldn't try running again anytime soon until I get it or until it feels a little bit better than what it is. Um, I'm just kind of stickling to cycling at the minute and sticking on top of doing some leg weights. Um, that's what I've been. I've got given a program off the of physio just to stick by and try to make it a little bit better. But yeah, I don't I don't think running or or certainly not playing football or anything like that is 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 anywhere near me to be honest. Which is like it's, it's a shame because my little boy loves football. I mean, I can kick it with him in the back garden. But in terms of when he gets older, running around with him, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to keep up with him to be honest. <laughs> but and 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 just listen to that is, you know what I mean? I know, I know, I know. I've just smiled there because I, I, we're so relatable here. Because things you're saying, that was one of the things that what went through my head. That um, with 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 my three girls, you know, what I mean, my 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 daughter was probably six or seven at the time when I probably retired, and um, and I, I thought the same thing. You know that I want to be able to run around in the garden. I want to be able to play with my kids. I want to be able to. What's more important to me is trying to scrape around and, and, and see if I can do it and giving it a go and then realising that my health's not important anymore, you know what I mean? Or family family took over, you know, and, 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 I, and I never really always thought like that. It was only probably when they had kids and I started to probably think of the bigger picture. Um, and I just think it's, I think it's so important and so refreshing to hear you speak so honest and, and, and relatable to everybody else because... You know, and you know your own body as well, and you know that um, you're trying to do things which uh, which are going to help you increase your fitness, your health, your lifestyle, because you've been so used to being a, a healthy, fit, young footballer uh, and a young man. You know what I mean? So to not do that anymore and still live the same lifestyle, eat the same food, drink the same stuff, it you know what I mean? It takes its toll on your body. You know, I, I know now how important it is for me to be able to keep fit and healthy and and and, and right at, a, at an older age. You know what I mean? I'm probably just as fit now as I probably was back in the back in the day when I played, but I've had to really cut down on lifestyle. I've had to cut down on what probably what I eat because it's, it's you, you see people and ex players especially who try to live the same life as in off the pitch and you stop playing the football and doing the training and it's just so it's just so scary how much your your health takes a toll and it's uh, it's, it's but listen it's so refreshing to hear hear how we talk you know it's, it's great to be honest. Like I say, it's more mental. I think as well. I think you know, like I say, there's a big, there's a big thing on mental health at the minute. And you know, when you go to the gym and you, you, do, you do a little bit of a workout, you do feel better, don't you? So 
like you say, I think that's that's the thing that I'm missing the most at the minute is is being able to to kind of like you say adjust my life and, and not being able to go and have a kick around with my friends. I have to kind of go to the bike, which I don't really like doing to be honest. But like you say, it's, it's something I'm going to have to do because my knee can't take to to doing what I want anymore. Like you say, I've had to adjust my life. I think in, in the future, hopefully, I'll be able to to get it better, but. At the minute, it, it's, it's, it's still kind of how it was a few months ago, really. And yeah, like you say, I'm not, not, not the greatest at, at moving and running at the minute. And I, and I think that's for me, that's the, the, the heartbreaking part of it, part of it all, which, um, which obviously the, the viewers will be listening and, and, and starting to understand that one minute, Joe, you were a footballer, healthy, enjoying it, loving it. The banter was great. You were with all your mates playing football, doing the best thing in the world. And then the next minute, without knowing about it, your life's changed. You know what I mean? Because you, you know what I mean? And, and, and subconsciously, you know, you know what I mean? You, you, you've had that injury before. You know how serious some, some noises, some movements, some some functions when they don't happen on your body. You know what I mean? I, I ruptured my Achilles and I knew that minute that something was massive wrong. You know what I mean? And, and just by looking at people's faces as well, I was probably more worried about someone's reaction than I was about the noise and the, and, and, and the mess what was, what was left. On, on, on my foot, on my ankle, it was, um, which, which sometimes stays with you, you know what I mean? But, but then but they, they only do that because they care, because they know that, 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 that it, it breaks the heart, because they know how much pain you're in, they know how much you love the game, you love the club, you love the boys, you love the banter, and it's, um, there's no better thing being, being part of a football club, part of a changing room, you know what I mean? That, that one minute you're, you're having all the banter and all the thing, and, like, and then you say, now you're going then, Going on your bike on your own, you go to the gym on your own. It's, it's so disheartening at times, but you'll get there. You'll get there, and you'll you'll learn to you'll learn to, 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 to get fitter, get stronger with it, and you know what I mean. And, and, and you'll be able to get back in the changing room with hopefully if you do decide to go to coaching or you know what I mean with the agency thing that you're doing. You know what I mean. You, you'll be in and around footballers, the banter. Which, you know what I mean. It sounds like that's what you desire. That's what you need, and I needed it. I still do this day. It's the best thing that I've ever done. Yeah, like you say, it's some, I, I, I think you speak to anyone who, who played with me. I'm, I was quite a bumbling lad in the dressing room, and that's where I like. So, I mean, I just look forward to driving in and, and taking the piss out of people. To be brutally honest, so, um, that's the thing that I'll miss. I'll miss that. I'll miss going in, ripping some, like tearing into someone for the game, or yeah, I, I don't know, having a go at the, the airport. That's what, that's what I used to thrive off. Um, that's what that's what I'm missing. That's what I am missing at the minute, to be honest with you. But like you say, I, I will get there. I'm quite a positive, forward-thinking person, and, and like you say, I've kind of done with my career now. I've, I'm, I'm not really looking back. I'm tending to look forward, and I've got a young family, so you've got to, I suppose. And I talk, and, and I think that's key for me. You know what I mean? Because you, because you've had that, you've had that big part of your life taken away from you, um, and that support mechanism because. You give out to the lads, the lads give it back to you. And anybody in the anybody who's watching the viewers in the group chat, football banter and chat can can be it can be ruthless. It can be the best thing in the world, but at the same time, it can be the worst thing in the world because it's, um, you know what I mean. I, I used to love it, but it can be it just can be ruthless for some people. And but it just gets the it gets the camaraderie going. It, it sorts your team spirit out, and it's, it's absolutely absolutely brilliant, absolutely fantastic. Um, Joe, I, I, we spoke there about um, about mental health. So, um, what what's in place now? Um, 
for your mental health support? Have you got a mechanism to support? Is it is it obviously your agent or who you're working with now to support you? Or is the club or clubs who you've played for in the past, are they giving any support out to you? Um, I'm still speaking to the, to the physio on, on a regular basis, really. Um, like I said, I've, I've been, in my life, really, I've been through quite a lot. Um, and I think in the grand scheme of things, this isn't as bad as what I've been through, to be honest. Like, family-wise, I've been through quite a lot, losing a baby with my wife. So I think kind of your life kind of shapes you to deal with certain things. And I think this is something that I've been, been able to deal with so far quite well. Um, you know, I'm sounding like someone who's just made a steal there. I'm, I'm not saying that. Um, you know, I, I have had dark moments when, when, when I was realising I've had to retire, of course. I have. It's, it's something that I've done since I was 16. But I think, like you're saying, I, I spoke to the PFA. I spoke to them about one or two things at the minute. Um, they've asked me if I'm OK. Uh, my answer's been, yeah, I'm fine. I've got a young family to keep me going. Uh, uh, I'm keeping busy with them. That's been it, really. I don't, I don't really tend to want help I've got like I said I've got a good support network around me I'm sure if I reached out to someone because I was struggling I'm sure they would, would be willing to help but yeah there's, there's, I, I think like you said Andy there's probably a lot more that, that the PFA and, and, and things like that could do um, not with me but with, with other people certainly I totally, listen, I, 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 I totally agree with you you touched on something there, Joe, um, and obviously I want to, I want to, I want to speak to you about it. And you mentioned about um, about losing a, a young child and being a being a footballer and in the public eye uh, and losing a losing a baby. How how much more difficult is that? You know what I mean with 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 the pressure of everyone knowing about it because it's a it's a private thing of a family and for it to be yeah. out in the public eye. How 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 much more difficult was that? Yeah, I mean that that was the that was the worst thing that, that's ever happened in my life, to be honest. Um, you know, obviously, going through it with, you, with your wife as well was something that, which again, like I'm talking about my injury now, it's not something that I'm seeing my wife in pain with. It's it's something we had to go through together. Um, I was lucky at the time, really. I, did, I was at a great club in Shrewsbury with a good manager who, who really supported me well through it. Um, Give me the time off when I needed it. I was in a real, real good changing room at the time, which again helped me get through it. Um, and I suppose looking back, football got me through it. I made a bad decision, really, um, personally, to go down to Plymouth. I know Ryan's going to give me a bit of stick, but I shouldn't, like family wise, I should never have made the move. It was, it was never in the right time. We lost the baby three months before we made the decision to move down to Plymouth. Uh, which, looking back, was off the field. was certainly a, a, a wrong decision. We needed to be around our, our family and our support network, I suppose. Listen, it, I, I couldn't imagine um, what you and your, and, your, and your partner went through. Um, and like you say, you know, I mean, moving, moving, moving clubs or job, did it, did it, did it come around that you thought that if you, if you went there, that you could? You could revitalise your, your your football career, so to speak, and, and, and get a different different support mechanism for you and your family. Yeah, it, it was um, it was it was just a pure footballing decision, to be honest with you. I didn't 
think about I was 27, 28 at the time, well, 27, yeah. I felt like I was in the peak time of my life. I wanted to play for a, for a big club. I had a couple of clubs around where I lived that we wanted to take me, but I was like, no, I want to go for a club that's hopefully going to push into the championship. And, and I want, I've never moved away from home, to be honest. So I wanted to try and experience that. It was just the wrong time. It was the right club, really, at the wrong time. Um, I think, you know, when I, when I originally signed for the club, I, I remember the first few games, I was shocking. Like, what my, there was reasons for that. My head wasn't in the right place. Um, like you said, we were still coming to terms with what we'd been through. Um, mentally, we wasn't, I was I was in no good place, to be honest. I wasn't, I wasn't happy away from, living away from my family. I, I, I loved Plymouth. I, I, I wish that I would have gone earlier in my life um, but yeah just it was just never the right time for me listen it's um it's it's refreshing to hear how uh, how open and honest you are about things that you know what i mean that, 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 that footballers i don't think i think footballers get a bit of a bad name because um they're quite candid about their about their, their openness and honesty about all questions that they get answered get asked and, and the way they answer them i think it's so refreshing to hear you talk openly about um, your injury, um, about your family life, about making the wrong choice, because that's all it is, right? You know what I mean? About signing for the club, it's a, it's a choice. You know what I mean? That you, you said there, you said some interest about not, not moving far away from home and never moving away from home. You couldn't have moved any further away. To be honest, you've moved uh, to, the, to the other side of the country. So to speak, it was absolutely a three-day camel ride to get there. You know, every time I went there, and I only went there from Cardiff. And from Cardiff was. To get there was an absolute shocker. Uh, lovely place to go and play. Ground was lovely. Place was lovely. Weather was always lovely. But I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't think of uh, driving there a few times. If I had to drive home for the week or on a weekend, it would be a nightmare. My wife actually got pregnant when we was down there with my little boy. Um, now and she, she was being treated in a, in a hospital up in Manchester, uh, like a special unit hospital. So. She was having to come back every two weeks to have a scan, and it was like she was driving heavily pregnant sometimes, but towards the end of the pregnancy as well. So it was just, and then it was just, it was just things like that, you know. Obviously, people just see what you're doing on the pitch, and uh, like I say, when the first six months when I got there, I was playing like an alien. To be honest, it was absolutely crap. Um, I started coming into it when when I started feeling happier off the pitch, but yeah, it was. It was a it was a tough one, like you say. My wife was up and down the motorway. Sometimes I was down there on my own, which is never a good thing. Like you know, like I'm saying about feeling lonely and mental health and that kind of stuff. It, it was never never good for me. So yeah, it was it was a tough move, like I've said, but one which, to be honest, I would I would change it for the world going back now. I've had, I've had two beautiful children who who was made and born down there so yeah obviously wouldn't, wouldn't change it for the world now I've, I've kind of experienced it and and come through through it stronger I suppose you say that last you certainly have mate and, uh, and all credit to you to, to you and your uh, and your partner I think it's absolutely amazing um, uh, you, you, you're touching on, on Plymouth so I think it's only the right timing now to uh, to answer uh, Rai's question about obviously you, you met Rai when um Ryan loves a loves a photo, a selfie, an autograph. So I'm sure you uh, you remember him really well. 
uh, Simon, uh, uh, Ryan mentioned something about uh, about singing. So can you can you elaborate on uh, on anything about Ryan singing? So I remember. I think I think it was a. I think it was a lad, Graham Carey, who told one of the, us in the dressing room that, that Ryan, uh, who everyone knows in the Plymouth dressing room, was doing the, these YouTube uh, singing songs. So, like, one of the lads got them up and we were just pissing ourselves, to be honest. I mean, we all, we all loved Ryan. We all used to love seeing him on the other side of the ground. But, yeah... Definitely made me smile, and I remember pulling his leg about it when I came out one time. I was like, "What are these? Uh, what are these songs that you've been doing? Are you gonna go on X Factor or or what?" I don't know how he's doing, doing with it now, Andy. I'm not sure if he's if he's took it any further. If he's trying to get a record deal, he, he might he might be trying to. <laughs> well, rise in the group chat, so Ryan, if you, if you can come on and let us let us know if you're still doing your singing uh, YouTube. I'm, I'd love to check it out, mate. So please send me a link to your. Uh, to your YouTube videos, I'd, uh, I'll have a look. But no, it's you know when you listen, rise, rise, watch all our shows. Uh, he's 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 uh, I've been on his his, his own podcast, uh, which is which is which is, a, which is a, a, an amazing thing. It's so it's so lovely to have that have that relationship with football fans or join it. You know what I mean? That we we missed football for so long. We you know what I mean? We we haven't had football fans in for so long. We've gone back this weekend. The crowds are back, and you know what I mean? There just seems to be a buzz around football. You know what I mean? So. You know, I, mean, I know. Obviously, the time of your injury yeah. was 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 in 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 time with um with with not having fans back in the stadiums and stuff. But is that one thing you're going to miss as well? Is 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 playing in front of a in front oh, of a crowd? Definitely. Mate. I mean, even even like I was saying about you know playing too well at Plymouth, Plymouth fans have always been great. I've never had I've never had bad support where I've been. Really, I'm quite luckily. I've always kind of played with fans that's taken to me. Um, and that is something that I'm definitely missing. You can't. The only thing that beats scoring a goal in front of fans and celebrating is kind of is uh, is suppose having your kids. That's the only that's the only better thing than that. That it's, it's a surreal feeling and one that I'll certainly miss now. Definitely. It's funny you say that though, because playing in front of fans and and, and having that buzz and standing in the tunnel and waiting for that roar and. You know what I mean? And trying to trying to prepare yourself for it, and like you say, scoring a goal in front of it doesn't matter how many fans are in the stadium, but it is it is it is a big game, and it's a and it's a sellout. It's just there's no better feeling because the noise you don't really hear is just a it's just a, a euphoria of, of just excitement. It's just one of the best things in the world. And when you talk about that, I, I want to touch on then your debut, uh, your Premier League debut uh, for Bolton Wanderers. Um, can you tell people about um, when you found out how the game went? Obviously, it was a very good result uh, by the research that I've done. So. Can you tell people about that game? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I, can't, I played in the League Cup. So I think it was, I was 19 at the time. I played in the League Cup. And we, uh, I got man of the match, actually, in that game. We played Macclesfield. Against Macclesfield Town. I remember, yeah. like, waiting. Macclesfield Town, yeah. And um, I, remember, um, I remember waiting and I thought that I was going to play in the league, like, Pretty much certain after that, but I had to wait a couple of months to be fair. Owen Coyle was the manager at the time. You know, I had massive respect for him, he's a great manager, a great guy as well. Um, and yeah, he pulled me uh, like on the I think it was the Thursday before the game. The game was game was a Sunday, I think he might have pulled me up on the Friday actually. Sorry, tell like Friday just told me, yeah, I'm going to be playing starting Sunday. Um, 
just do what you've done in the previous game when you played. You've been doing really well in training and just enjoy it. And I suppose them words, as soon as he said I was starting, I can't really remember what he said after that, to be honest. Um, my mind kind of went blank and I just kind of just couldn't wait to go home and tell my dad, really. It was, it was, um, it was a surreal day, yeah. We ended up winning 5-0. Five, um, yeah, like, I remember coming home, watching Match of the Day, being on Match of the Day. Um, remember picking up the paper and being in Team of the Week in, in the sun and news that might be even, even news of the world back then. I'm not sure, but it was just a surreal time, really. And, and yeah, certainly probably my best memory in football, looking back, to be honest, I don't think it gets much better than that. I think 19, 20, I don't know. It doesn't. It, do, it doesn't. Make, it doesn't make to be honest. But how did you feel then? How did you feel from the Thursday to the Sunday? Did you have any nerves? Because it's a long time in, in terms of football to know you're going to play. You know what I mean? Because you, you're obviously working on shape. You're working on on, on, on the way that you want to uh, adapt your game to the team's game. And, and obviously, I played at Bolton as well when I was uh, when I was young playing on loan. So I know obviously the training ground and other rebounding um, and obviously things. But how um, how did you feel then for the, uh, the couple of days after finding out that you were going to be playing? But if if anyone knows what McCoy, you wouldn't have done you wouldn't have done shape. Like it was everything was <laughs> in games with McCoy in the training. That, I mean I mean that was probably a that was probably a positive, so I wasn't overthinking things. It was kinda of just I enjoyed training and I went over and I I always I I think I might I might have struggled sleeping the night before, but I felt fine waking up for the game. Um, obviously got to the game, knew, no one knew I was playing. I don't think even uh, most of the players I was I was playing with probably didn't know I was playing um, and he read out the team and, and yeah I was playing so yeah it all happened quite quickly I don't think I think if we would have done shape and I was in it then you know you know what it's like the senior players might have been getting around me saying oh you need to do this you need to do this you need to do that I think it was just kind of he's been chucked in at the deep end let's see how he does and, and like I say it paid off I had a, I had a really good game and and yeah, like I say, the best best memory of football of that. It's so interesting though what you what you just spoke about there that you said that you finished the game, you went home, watched match of the day, you read the paper. There's no better thing, you know. What I mean, I used to I used to look on a match of the day to see if I could just see myself or or when I missed a chance, could I have done better or when I scored and, and I'm watching it. You know what I mean? Like people you, yeah. in the day, obviously when I played, we, we we got a bit of a I won't say a bad reputation for going out and, and socialising, but we we did drink too much and we. We enjoyed our lifestyle off the pitch a little bit too much, but I made sure that watch oh, the and then I, then I probably went out a little bit more. So I, I was I was happy to do both. I mixed it up a little bit too much. I think I think actually got, I think we got given a week off after that because he stayed the national break the uh, next week, and I think he was like right week off. I was like, oh my god, we've got a week off here. Um, but yeah, I ended up coming in doing a bit of training with the reserves. But like I say, it was just a surreal, surreal thing going on watching watching myself on match of the day. It was like, wow, what has happened here? You know what I mean? I used to watch watch this, and now I'm on it. It's just crazy. No, amazing, amazing. Sai, have we got a couple of questions which yeah. um, stick out that we can finish for Joe? Yeah, we have. Yeah, um, just I just want to double check. Did you uh, do the question about Rye and the singing, mate? Um, yes. Yeah, covered. Right, covered. I've right. covered, covered Rye. Yeah. Okay. Um. So we had a couple of questions earlier when you were talking about when you retired. Um. 
I'm going to blend a couple of these together. Uh, Craig, Craig and Reese asked a similar question. So basically, they were asking about uh, who pays for in the in the sort of lower leagues of British football if you had a serious injury. Did the club cover the costs of the operation and things like this, or have you got to, as players got to find that money to pay for that treatment? Uh, no, the, the club the club pay for everything. To be fair, it's, um, it's I think they, they have insurance or something like that. I think mm-hmm. the club cover the cost. So yeah, I think even uh, obviously now is a bit different because I'm not a contracted player. But certainly when you're contracted, yeah, you, you, you don't really have to pay. And then Craig, obviously. Sorry, sorry. I, thought, I thought I thought for a second Joe was going to go uh, back in the. Back in the day, for me then, but um, back in the day, the club, the, the, the club would have a process. I don't know what the process is in, is in now, Joe, but the club would, would sort the, the scan out, um, and then they would obviously book in the, the consultation with the surgeon, do the operation, the aftercare. And I do believe, I don't about, I, I, I know it happens in certain clubs that if a player retires to injury, that they've got um, an expectation to get that player fit. So, for example, Cardiff City um, sorted Joe Bennett's injury out. Um, they they've got him fit. Yeah. He's not contracted, um, and he's training with their squad, first team, under twenty threes, fitness coaches, sports science guys, um, in order to get himself prepared either for Cardiff City, um, if they got them a contract, or for, for anybody else who comes who comes fit. And I think for me, that's the best thing that a football club could do because if there's a possibility, listen, I feel for Joe because it's not possible for Joe to get to, 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 for that injury to turn on and get himself fit. But for, for someone like Joe Bennett and for, for guys who who finished with an injury and the contract ran out, I think it's only right that the club should help them get to a level which they can go and carry on their football career on. Yeah, that, that was that was what was uh, going to happen with me. Uh, the club had a duty of care to, to get me fit. I think the club, even without the obligation, would have done that anyway. Uh, the manager and, and, like I said before, the physio were top drawer. Uh, they said to me that you know I can come back and, and join in pre-season if if it well this is obviously a few months ago now if if my knee um, got better by pre-season I'd be able to join in and, and hopefully earn a contract because it was out of contract. Um, but no, yeah, they had to be there. But like I, said, like I was saying, they, they probably would have done it anyway to be honest because they were they were good people. Yeah, it, 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 there's just so many synergies, Ty, si, and, and I said at the start about about. Um, Certain things, injuries and stuff, and the way that the way that Joe talks about the physiotherapist at, uh, at his last club is just is, is a little bit like me. You know, I remember. I, I, I hope he's watching. I know he's in Australia, but he probably be in bed. Um, Alan Russell Cox, when uh, when I finally retired at Halifax Town, and, and he was just he was a godsend for me. He got me through probably the darkest times in my football career, um, injury wise. And, and if it wasn't for him, I'm not really sure what kind of mental state I would have been in. He was he was amazing in his, his aftercare. His his thoughtfulness still to this day, you know, that, that we keep in touch daily, weekly. Um, and uh, and it's just, yeah, I just, I just hope that in every club they're all the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah you do, you do though, don't you? Because you, you go in first, first thing in the morning, you see them, and the last thing at night before they go home, and then you go home to you go and see your kids and your missus, and then by the time you come back, you do it all again. It's, uh, yeah, you do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Joe, we get had a. This was quite an interesting question. So we get as part of Ace Podcast Nation, we do um, 
a show with Kev McNaughton, who's played for Cardiff in Scotland. We've had him on here as well. Um, and Reese, and I think someone else asked as well, um, you were together with Bolton, I think. Uh, and everyone wants to know if you've got any stories about uh, Super Kev. Oh, super good. He, uh, he, he, he's, he's a good drinker and all that. <laughs> yes, yeah, we know that too. Off the top of my head, I, didn't, I don't know any proper stories. I, actually, yeah, I know one story. Um, it, well, it's not one of mine, but he was in a pub round here, I think. And um, apparently, he was, he, he's, he's got. He got hammered and he's just started drinking vinegar. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to ask him that about well, uh, about you know, like, little, you know, like the little uh, pots of vinegar on, on the table. Apparently, yeah. he just picked one up and, and that's it. So I, I don't know how true it is. Like I say, it's coming from one of my mates, so it might not be. That Probably true. is. I'm definitely going to ask him about that on the next show, actually. Um, but we might have, uh, Simon, we might have, uh, we might have some more, um, some more story about 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 Superkev because obviously our next week's guest is also Bolton orientated, and Joe will have played with our next guest uh, next week as well. So I think it's only fitting. Now we're talking about Bolton Wonders, that obviously next week's guest is the one and only David Wheater. Um, obviously, our new week from uh, from back in the day, obviously. Apparently, I'm his favourite ever footballer, with him being his middle, his middle of the days. I'm not surprised with that. But um, I'm going to pick Joe's brains this week to get some some dirt on uh, on Wheat. I think I think it's the only right thing we can do. Hit him, hit him really hard because he's, he's a character. He's a character. Doesn't surprise me, Joe. Doesn't surprise me. Oh, honestly, he's. We were talking before about the funniest guys. Wheat is up. It's one of the funniest guys I've come across. It's, He's brilliant. To be fair, I remember him. I remember him taking me out when, when I first broke through to the first team a couple of times. And Jesus, that was an eye opener, I suppose. <laughs> but you know what? And, I, and we started this show um, with the same thing that you need those kind of people within the dressing room. You know what I mean? Because you don't understand how important those kind of guys are. And, I'm, and listen, I'm not. I'm not sitting here and saying that Wheaton had the ability. By the way, because he had he had he had ability in abundance. He was a cracking defender. Oh, um, yeah. You know what I mean? But. What he added to his to the game, to the club, to the dressing room, was was much more than that. And you know, I remember him at Middlesbrough as a young kid. Didn't really speak to anybody. Had a bit of confidence, a bit of arrogance, which is good, by the way. Uh, but obviously, when he when he left and he and he started to come out of his out of his out of his shell, he never he never went back in his shell. You know what I mean? And, and, he, and he's been out ever since. And it's uh, it's it's great, you know, because I think um, those kind of people or. Sometimes need to move away. You know, I mean, you spoke about moving away. Um, it's so important. I, I came out myself moving away. For me, I, and that's the biggest advice I'd give to any young footballer is move away. Move away from your comfort zone. Move away. As long as it's right and, and it's the right move, not just for the sake of it. Um, move away and test yourself because sometimes you can be a distraction living in the in the same place, the same area, and you, you see a, a bigger part of the world, a bigger part of the country, and it's um, there's but there's like. Uh, someone, someone said to me, the world's bigger than Middlesbrough, the world's bigger than the North East, and, and, and I was a little bit starstruck until I did it, and then now I, I know the answers now, I know, I know the reason is, and it's, and it's bang on and true. Great. Right, uh, I got uh, two questions to finish then, uh, so 
one is a general question and one is more specific to you, Joe. So we'll go with the one that's specific to you first. And that was uh, Kate Childs asked, have you got any uh, cool shirts or good shirt, favourite shirts that you've swapped with players over the years? Um, I'll have to think about. I think I've got. I think I've got Leighton Baines's. At the time, Leighton Baines was probably one of the best left backs in in England, and I, I think I remember. I might have been on the bench, but I was never really one for shirt swapping. To be honest, I remember coming on at United um, at Old Trafford, and and I did. We got beat three one, and I didn't really want to have to go and walk in with like Rooney shirt or something. I just thought it looked quite unprofessional, so. Yeah, I didn't. I was never really one for, for shirt swapping, to be honest. I'm probably looking back, it would have been nice, but to be honest, my missus won't let me put them up in the house anyway, so there's probably no point. <laughs> it's funny you're saying that, though, Joe. That's like, and we've spoken about Zambi about um, it, it takes a big man and a big player to walk in, walk in after a defeat with someone else's shirt, and uh, and, and like, I've oh, just swapped, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare do it. If someone did that though, and I, I was I was obviously in the team, and if, if someone walked in with like someone's shirt and we got the, I'd be a bit pissed off too. Yeah, well, you'd be annoyed, so, wouldn't you? Because it, yeah, it, never, it's, it's not about that. Yeah, it's not. It's not about that. I remember who did yeah. I see? It was at Barcelona, Barcelona Chelsea Champions League game where they're swapping at half time and. This is, you know, I mean, football's just evolved and changed so much, and, and I, I can see why the, the the annoyance, I can see why people get angry and, and frustrated with players because it looks like they don't care. And for me, yeah. just keep your own shirt. If, if that's what it takes to show people you care and and, and just wear it, I'm I'm all for it. Man. All for it. Yeah. Last question, Di. Um, last question. The whole gate that asked earlier on when we were. Um... Talking about uh, finances and Pogba and Barcelona and all these different things, he said, "Do you think?" And this will be an interesting question for both of you, uh, particularly because you're, you know, footballers and the line of business that you are all currently going down towards. Do you think agents should have a cap on how much they can take from deals? Uh, we'll let uh, we'll let Joe go first, and then we'll get Andy's there for you to finish this off. Right? Um, I, th- I think the thing is with agents, they all they do get you get you get kind of brushed with a, a bad name, really. But you do need them, like you, you, you definitely need them. Um, they always seem to get talked to a lot in the game, but some of what some of the work that you do can actually be quite good. So as far as the cap goes, I'm not sure. Um, I'd probably say no. I'm sure Andy would probably say no as well, to be honest. But um, yeah, it's, it's some at the top. Certainly, when you're working with the big players, the, the amount of money that agents actually take out the game can be can be, you know, a lot. Of, you're talking a lot of money, but certainly when in the in the League One, League Two Championship, I don't think you know it's it's that big a deal, really. What about you, Ant? How do you feel about agent fees? I think the word I think I think the word agent is a swear word, um, which I think is a little bit a little bit disrespectful, a little bit wrong because listen, I had I had a good agent and a bad agent throughout my life. I would never I would never slag them off. I, individually, I could slag people off, but um, yeah. there's so much good 
for players. Not for clubs, but for players. Because players need them. Because it's uncomfortable for a player to walk in front of a manager or a chairman and ask for X amount of money. You know what I mean? So Jack Reedish, for example, um, would not walk into Pep Guardiola's office and say, I want 250 grand a week because he just doesn't look stupid. But if somebody else walks in, he doesn't look stupid. So I think it, it makes it... It makes it a lot more. Um, the Jack's out can't play football, and all footballers are there play football. So for them to go and ask for money puts even more pressure on them because the conversation's a little bit awkward, and you're putting yourself under a little bit more pressure than you need. Um, um, I agree with what George just said there. Um, normally, normally um, commissions are capped anywhere at a percentage. So the, the percentage for Jack Grealish would have been more for um, Andy Campbell signing for Cardiff, for example. You know what I mean? And 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 a, and a player signing for Portsmouth because they're in League One. So. You know what I mean? The, the difference in, in, in price is huge. But mm. that's just because Jack Grealish is a £100 million player. Because the deal is the transfer fee plus the signing on fee plus the wages and the length of the contract. That, that deal's not worth £100 million. That deal's worth £200 million because everything and all, all, all the, everything added on. So that, that commission deal is worth a lot of money. A million. You know what I mean? But a, a deal in League One is worth... A, a small, a small, small percentage of that, which is, which, you know what I mean? Which, which agents get a bad name, but but the, but the lad in League One needs an agent just as much as Jack Grealish needs it because that agent in League One might have got that lad an extra hundred and fifty pound a week, which that player needs to, to to pay his mortgage. You know what I mean? So it's it's that. Well, it, 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 Messi's agent, Messi's agent took twenty five million from the deal. Just just the agent took twenty five million to go to PSG. Like, how can I put this? That's a lot of money for doing not a great deal, isn't it? Really, like, uh, well, yeah, yeah, you, you don't, yeah, for him, and, and I think for him, you don't need to do a lot because the player speaks for himself, and the player, the player could have done it all himself, but the players that play football, so the, the, the players got yeah. representatives and, and family to do the deal for, and that's why a lot of players now. Listen, there's there's one agent in particular, Nicholas Anelka's brother did his did all his move for him. He got a really bad name, um, but listen, Nicholas was one of the best centre forwards in the Premier League I've ever seen because he did his let his football do the talking and looked after his brother along the way, made his brother very wealthy uh, and made his brother very famous. But uh, listen, I don't see the problem with it. He's, he, he needed his represent representation of somebody trusted. He trusted his brother in few in, in, immensely. So for me, everyone's a winner. Yeah, it's a fascinating one. I gotta say, I um, and obviously we've talked about uh, other uh, agents, you know, and like I've not been shy in criticizing people like Willie Mackay and and for some of their actions and their behaviour, which you know obviously goes beyond uh, finances and things like that. Um, first and foremost, I want to say, uh, Joe Riley, thank you very much for joining us, mate. Really enjoyed listening to you. And, uh, and your story, mate, and I appreciate your honesty, most of all. No, thank you for having me on. I'm sorry about the connection. Ah, don't be, don't be daft, For me, I, I want to, I want to second what Saz. <laughs> I want to second what Saz just said there. Like your, your story, your honesty um, is absolutely brilliant. You know what I mean? It, 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 the way that you you've handled yourself, talking about. Um, Things that you've been through in your young life, because you're you're a young man, you're a young man, young lad. You know what I mean. And, and I wish you and your family the absolute best in, in whatever whatever you choose to do or you continue to do. Because you're a you're a superstar, mate. Superstar. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Tom. 
Yeah, absolutely, Joel. And uh, you're welcome back anytime, mate. And you're obviously uh, you're welcome to join uh, my mental health and sports series three if you want to uh, later in the year, but it, it won't be for a while. Um, but yeah, uh, just get your uh, just get your mum's Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> um, guys, everyone, nice one for tuning in. Um, I'm going to go and edit the audio version so it sounds like a pristine. Uh, perfect thing with no connection issues whatsoever. So, uh, guys, check that out on the Sports Social in the morning. Thank you very much. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We'll be back on Friday for the Championship Show. Until then, uh, we bid you farewell. Cheers. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Podcast Network.